0: Hi friends, welcome to Scattered People number 18. We are going through the book of Acts together. We're trying to hear what God wants to say to us in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic. And we're basically asking the question, this is the most discontinuous thing that has happened to the church in our lifetimes. What's God trying to say to us as individuals? What's God trying to say to us as churches? And how can we respond to God in the midst of this? It's been wonderful seeing your comments even from yesterday's message. I was talking yesterday from Acts 4.13 about God's desire to bring himself maximum glory by using the weakest people ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And the YouTube comments and hashtag scattered people on social media. I've just loved seeing some of your thoughts and comments and testimonies. So do check those out. Keep posting comments of your own. Uh, For me, it's one of my favourite verses in the whole Bible. It's why why the church I lead is called Everyday Church, because we are ordinary, everyday people. Now, I'm going to lead us on a little bit today as we carry on through Acts 4. If you've got a Bible, you'll want to turn to it, because I'm going to look at Acts 4 23 to 31 still asking the question what is God doing in his church right now through the Covid-19 pandemic what's God trying to teach us what kind of fruit can we expect to see in this season and how can we respond well to God in this season however long it lasts and my prayer like yours is that it will end quickly with a minimum loss of life but um, we are picking up from where we left off yesterday Peter and John, uh, the two of the leading disciples of Jesus, have been arrested, they have been threatened, they've been told that their church shouldn't meet properly, then certainly they shouldn't be allowed to tell people about Jesus, and they leave having been threatened, they're in a crisis situation of their own, different from ours, It's, uh, it's persecution rather than pestilence, but they are still in a crisis situation. So what we read in Acts 4, 23 to 31 is really relevant to us. Did you know that this is the longest recorded Christian prayer in the whole of the New Testament? So what we get to read here is of vital significance to us. I'm gonna read it to you. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our, our father David, saying, this is Psalm 2, Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his Messiah. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate did meet together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed as your Messiah. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. I believe that one of the things God's trying to teach us in this season is who he is. When I read these verses, they say to me that it's in the midst of trial and adversity and problems that we truly get to know the real God as he really is. These are Trinitarian verses. The disciples, the early followers of Jesus, through their trials, get to know God the Father better get to know Jesus the Son better, get to know the Holy Spirit better. And I want to just take you through their prayer today and help you to know Father, Son and Spirit better as well. Have you noticed their instinct is to band together when they're in their crisis? Peter and John immediately go back to their own people. We are physically distanced from one another at the moment, but we're not socially distanced. Uh, I'm recording these videos which I don't normally do because I'm actually trying to help you in the midst of this crisis. In some ways, you and I are spending more time together than we ever do. We're having more Zoom prayer meetings. We're having more life groups online. We're actually pretty well connected together and that's good because these crises draw us to connect in with one another and as we connect in with one another, they help us to connect up with God better together. It's interesting that this, the longest Christian prayer in the New Testament, begins with the words sovereign Lord. The Greek word despotes is the word from which we get the word despot. A ruler who can do whatever he wants or she wants. Uh, They they get to know God in the midst of their trial. Now, we're in a tough time at the moment. I've got friends who are saying, well, how can you believe in God in the midst of this? And I guess that's how pressure is, isn't it? If I think of the football that's outside in my garden where my kids are playing, um, there is pressure on the outside of a football that can actually deflate it. But there's also pressure on the inside of a football that actually blows it up and makes it hard and firm. And it's true that when crises like the one that we're going through at the moment hit, then actually some who are weak in their faith get crushed just by the confusion of what's going on. But those who truly have God, not just on the outside, they're not just attending church, they're not just kind of going with the flow because it's easy. They've got God living on the inside. They're full of the Holy Spirit. Those people find that in the midst of pressure, actually they get firmer in their faith. The disciples certainly discover that in Acts 4. They say, "Uh, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke through the scriptures. They get a big view of God the Father. Have you noticed they get a big view of God the Son as well, of of Jesus? They go to Psalm 2, one of the greatest psalms about the coming Messiah. It's the one where God the Father says to Jesus, you're my son, Uh, I've begotten you, Uh, I'm installing you in Zion, my holy hill. You are the true King of Israel. It's a a Jesus-centered psalm. The disciples go there and they take this as their fuel for prayer. And again, this is what happens in crisis moments like the one we're in. The truth is when everything's going well, we tend to put ourselves center stage and to think that we are the primary actors in the drama. We'll say things like, God, here are my plans, please bless me. Or if God doesn't seem to be blessing us fast enough, God, how dare you not have done this for me. It's when things start falling apart in our own lives that we begin to realize that there is a story far bigger than ourselves. That's certainly the case for the early Christians in Acts 4. It's as they are under pressure that they turn to Psalm 2. It's as they turn to Psalm 2 that they begin to grasp that the pressures that they are experiencing are just part of what God predicted would happen in order for the kingdom of his Son to come. Uh, And so I'm just reflecting on this in the midst of the crisis that we're in at the moment. You see, Jesus has died for the world and the world largely, certainly the Western world, largely ignores Jesus. For years I've been talking with people about Jesus uh, and I've found my Western friends saying to me, why do I need God? I'm happy, life's good. Uh, And so we really mustn't act surprised when God allows things to happen that makes our lives not good for a season. In Luke 16, 19 to 31, you have the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. If you're reading it uh, superficially, you think the rich man's the lucky one. But it turns out he's the unlucky one and the beggar, Lazarus, is the lucky one. Because the rich man's so rich, he never gives God a second thought. The beggar is so poor, he thinks about God all the time because he's got nothing on earth other than God in heaven. We shouldn't be surprised that sometimes God allows our culture, our nations, our own families, our own friends to go through seasons where the things of the earth start falling away from us so that we lift our eyes up to the story that's far bigger than ourselves, to the fact that Jesus has a plan in the world. It's in this coronavirus season that I found myself praying more often than ever before, the words of Psalm 2 uh, God, I'm asking you for the nations given to your son. I found myself praying that prayer that the Moravian, the Moravian brethren were famous for praying. Father, let the Lamb of God receive the full reward for his suffering. See, in this season that we're going through, God is wanting us to understand that the story of Jesus, the Son of God, his arrival on planet Earth, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension to heaven, But then what happens between his ascension and his return? See, history isn't about you or me. It's not about our prosperity. It's not about the ease with which we live. It's about God's plan to give the nations of the world to his son. It's in Acts 4, in the midst of extremity, that the early Christians start praying Jesus-centered prayers. And they start praying Holy Spirit-centered prayers as well. They Don't just quote scripture. They say your Holy Spirit spoke these words through David. Really fascinating. They don't just ask God to help them. They are conscious that they have no hope but the Holy Spirit. They start asking God to stretch out your hand, which is interesting because Ezekiel and Nehemiah and Ezra, these Old Testament books, when they're looking for a metaphor for the Holy Spirit coming on people, um, they often talk about the hand of God coming on someone. They say, stretch out your hand so that we can stretch out our hands and bring healing to people. In this season, I'm finding myself praying more for miraculous healing than ever. I'm praying more for miraculous protection than ever. As some of my friends are going in and out of homes, one of the guys in my life group who's a social worker, who's going in and out of the homes of those infected with COVID-19, worried for his own life, being able to pray with him for God to protect him. See, there's something about being in extremity that shakes us that enables us to pray the kind of prayers that shake the room and shake the world. It says after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. God's doing a great thing in his church right now. He's teaching us to pray. And he's teaching us to pray by giving us a bigger version of him as our father, of Jesus as the Son of God, as the Holy Spirit, as the power of God, the one we need to come and live inside us. I just want to encourage you, don't try and pray, just focus on who God is, and you will find yourself praying more. We're in a season where God is is wishing to reveal himself more and more to us. Let's say with these early Christians, God, we lift our eyes to you, we want to get to know you please help us to pray. Have a wonderful day. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next Scattered People where we're going to be carrying on going through the Book of Acts. But have a great day today and I'm looking forward to getting together soon for some more Scattered People.